Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. The Invest in Women podcast is so proud to have Schwab Advisor Services as our sponsor. Schwab is passionate about helping independent registered investment advisors find new ways to grow their business and attract diverse talent to our industry. Explore your path to independence at advisorservices.schwab.com. Thank you for joining the podcast today. My name is Melissa Carter, and I'm here with Kimberly Foss, who is president and founder of Empyrean Wealth Management. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. The first thing I want to ask you about is I've been hearing a lot of this phrase, which is certified financial therapist. And so I was hoping maybe you could give a bit of background on what that actually is. Sure. It's actually a new a new designation. Certified financial therapists, there's levels one, two, and three, very similar to the levels that they have in psychology. And really, I don't know why they didn't do this before. It's a mix between the financial side and the mental health professional side of investing. So it's designed and it was created and administrated by the Financial Therapy Association. And it's for financial professionals like myself, and then also mental health professional. And it's designed to kind of bridge that void in that area between what triggers us about money, right? And mm-hmm. how we can, how can we can address that from a mental health standpoint? And then what we can actually do and put into place from after those triggers are then repaired that we can put into place in the financial world so that we become very financially healthy again and doing really good habits about spending money and about saving money for the future. Kimberly, I'm surprised that hasn't been something established (laughs) since the first investment was made. Seriously, right? (laughs) I mean, it has been so long. I just can't believe it's taken this long, but it is quite a gray line. I think it's very hard because when you do become a CFT level one, You have to figure out basically what am I going to do so I can see some traits, right? As a sort of a therapist, I can see some traits that are inhibiting my client because of money traumas early on in their lives. I can identify that. Then how do I actually take that and then put it into useful steps to actually turn that around so that the client can then be helpful about spending money, especially those women who like have gone through a divorce or widowed Mm -hmm. and they really aren't financially savvy. Well, and I think a lot of women aren't financially trained from the start and they get themselves in those situations. Do you think that this trauma you're talking about is the reason why a lot of people don't seek advice from a financial professional? Oh, absolutely. They don't want to face the, they don't want, it's like anything else. No one wants to face the hardcore reality of maybe some issues that you had that might actually go back to when you were like five or six years old and were developed in your, that's where our money personalities get developed anyway. It's really in those formative years of maybe what your parents did. Your parents, let's say were, you know, tight with money and fought constantly about money that causes trauma that you never have enough money or money is just, you have to fight for it in your marriage. And of course that then trickles down in the marriage and it makes things just a lot more difficult to deal with to save for retirement and 
even savings for kids, five to nine, these kind of things. Kimberly, before we go into your work at Empyrean right. Wealth Management, I want to ask this, you know, based on what you just said, if somebody is, let's say, a parent of a young child or a grandparent of a young child and hearing this, when you talk about that trauma starting that young, what are some of the things that they may need to watch out for when it comes to talking about money in front of a young kid? Well, just be cognizant of maybe what, if it's a grandparent, especially, you don't know what went on with your kids, with them raising their children. You don't know, particularly if you weren't there, right? So just be cognizant of those money issues and those money triggers. And if the child like backs off and doesn't really want to talk about money or really shows kind of recoils, like physically sort of, when you're talking about money, these are kind of the, the total signs that there's some money issues there. And you would want to seek out, maybe speak with your certified financial planner, ask them if they are a CFT or if they know of somebody who is that maybe you can get some help and maybe you can, as a grandparent, offer to pay for the services of that CFT for the parents to help the children. Well, now I'm assuming that all this therapy, certified financial therapy, Correct. You know, just basically helps you understand your clients better. Now I want to focus on your firm and what do you specifically do uh, to better understand your clients besides this? So I do this. And I mean, I think I always fancy myself as a closet therapist in my early days, but then <laughs> I realized that I like to solve problems for people. So therapy, it, you have to help them to solve themselves. So you just kind of guide them so you don't actually solve it. So that would be very frustrating for me. So that's why I became a financial advisor, right? So, but it does help. But one of the things that I found in therapy myself, oh, probably this about six or seven years ago was something called the color code. And it is a survey that I do with all my clients. I've actually done it with my staff and I do it with all my family members that really kind of identifies the way people communicate. If you, Melissa and I were coming in as a new client and it's in the discovery phase, like it's so the first or the second time they walked in here, I asked them to take this survey and it's 45 questions and you need to take it kind of at back as far back as your eight-year-old self. Wow, would okay. take and answer these questions. And the reason behind that, again, is because, you know, zero to say eight or nine or 12-ish, hopefully we've grown up with happy-go-lucky, normal kids and didn't have a lot of issues going on in the house, right? So your traumas aren't there. It's very much like if I were looking at you right now, Melissa, and I'm basically you were looking at me, you put your hand up and spread your fingers in front of your face, right? Okay. You can still see me, but not nearly as clear if you take that hand away, right? Right, right. That's what they're, that's what traumas are. When traumas come into our life, they inhibit us to be who we truly are. So we're going to react differently because of those traumas. And with money traumas, that's important to know, right? Because you're not going to make any headway with all the data and graphs and number crunching if this person is reacting from an emotional standpoint. Your amygdala and your frontal cortex cannot operate at the same time. It's either logical brain or basically emotional brain, right? So mm -hmm. we need to make sure we calm the emotional brain down so that they can think then and they can get the information. The color code helps me to understand how do they receive information? Do they receive it through emotions or do they receive it through logic and reason? Okay. All right. So and how does it actually, I'm just curious about the test itself. I just see all these colors and I'm am yeah. I picking colors based on questions or, I mean, again, yeah. I... Or am I just being too simple with it? No, no. There's 45 questions, I think, in the first half. 
like 15 or 20 in the second half. And they're multiple choice questions. And a lot of times, just for instance, red people will say, I can't answer that because there's not an answer that, that, that fits. I always tell the clients they have to answer every question, even if it doesn't fit, get the closest answer that you think fits. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you finish that. So, so there comes up with four colors and there's basically over a hundred different variations. And the four colors are red, blue, white, and yellow. So I'll go through what these characteristics are. And again, what I'm doing is I'm trying to understand what is the primary color and the secondary color? Because those are the most important. And then I can adjust my communication to the, that predominant color so they can receive that in something that they're very familiar and very comfortable in receiving information. When you do that, you drop down all the fears and all the walls about anything. And now you've established trust, right? And this whole relationship of financial advisory is all about trust. If you can get them to trust you, then you can basically do some really good work with these people. Well, it's like I said earlier, I think the reason a lot of people don't go to financial advisors is because they don't trust them, right? Absolutely. Or they, you know, whether they had a bad experience personally or not with that. So it just seems like what a brilliant move to be able to, before you even get dig deep in the client's experience or, or the client's choices for their money, you know right. how to talk to them. Right, right. And you're, what you're doing is you're basically triggering them inside of like, oh, I understand how she's talking to me. I'm receiving this information. So she must know me. She, we must have that connection because in mm -hmm. life, right, Melissa, we do have those connections with people just randomly, right? Like you've known this person forever. You just met him, but in, in 10 minutes, you like, you feel like you've known each other for the rest of all your life, your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. So that does happen. We just want to know how to, how, how to intentionally figure that out. And this color code does this. So Reds, for instance, are very efficient and they're very power oriented. You'll have a lot of doctors, a lot of surgeons, police officers. These people are very red. I'm just saying in general, I'm not saying every single one is. Right, right, right. They want to get from point A to point B in a very efficient manner. And so long, long time ago, before both of our times, but back in the day, there was something called, my parents used to watch this movie, this, this show TV called Dragnet. And yes. one of the actors in it would say, Joe, he would just say, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Right. That's right. what red people are. They only want the facts. If you start telling them a story, you're going to lose them right away. Mm -hmm. So they really want the facts. Blue people, on the other hand, blues are very driven by, and, and by the way, reds are driven by logic. So as long as you put, you know, A plus B equals C, they get you. You get them, they get you, you're good. Blue people are driven by relationships and intimacy. So unlike reds, they want to receive information from an emotional standpoint. They want the stories. They love the stories. So if you have anybody they're talking to, it's just like enthralled in a story. You've got a predominantly blue person on your hand and they receive information through emotions, not logic. Okay. I'm with you. And then, so white of course, people, and I can't really, now I don't mean to jump in, but you yeah. know that I'm sitting here wondering, okay, I'm waiting I'm for like, my color. Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody's doing right. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay. Right. You see, you go to all this. What, what am I? And remember, there's two predominant colors. It's just your two predominant colors. Okay. So white people, white people really fall into the category of like, look, at they want everything incredibly calm. They do not want to ruffle the set, the waters. They don't want to have any waves. They just want calm, peace and calm. And even if it's doing the wrong thing, they still want calm. They won't. It's like kind of like, like in 2008 or even right now, right? These people want to put their head in the sand and not look at their, they don't want to know. They don't, if they don't know, they think it'll go away, right? They just mm -hmm. want calm. So that's the white people. And they also receive information, interesting enough, by, from logic. 
logic and reason. So they, they receive information that way. Yellow people, yellow people, people just want to have fun. Yellows just want to have fun. <laughs> they are all about the fun. It's not that they're bad. They're just all about the fun. They're very happy-go-lucky people. They're always the half glass full. I mean, half glass, yeah, half glass full. They want, and they also receive all this through emotions and they're also storytelling as well. So basically blues and yellows get along pretty well and reds and whites get along. Not to say that always happens. You can have a blue, red. Problem is blue and red are both the most controlling of all the colors. Mm-hmm. They want to control the situation. Makes sense, kind of, right? Yeah. The reds, the reds are because they are most efficient and they are they want to be in charge. Blues, though, because they're so hypersensitive, they have almost had that sixth sense. So they they get hurt emotionally quite a bit. So they end up trying to control the situation so they don't they protect themselves, right? That's mm-hmm. a blue. So yes, what do you think that you are? <laughs> Well, I, f- I see me in blue and a little bit of white. Like, um, I don't know. It's so funny. I would love to. I, yeah. If I'll, I'll, we, I'll send you the, I'll send you the questionnaire and you can, take I was going to say, yes, if I did yeah, all the questions, absolutely. I'm curious which side I'd fall in, but I'm certainly not a red. Like I, but no. it's funny when you talk about whites and reds getting along, most of my friends are the reds, right? And they're the yep. ones that usually cut through Drivers. the crap. Exactly. And I'm like, look, I'm just go along, get along, you know, if you, unless you don't know what you're doing and then there'll be conflict. But anyway, well, and of course this is this, what you do for a living in this show is about money, right? Right. Investing. And so, but what I love about this is that you cannot take the emotional element out of your business and you dive right into it because that is really the driving force of of people's investing. It is without them realizing it. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, this is, I mean, I want to say this is disarming, but, but it takes a different approach. And I think by even taking this approach in the beginning, and I do this, like I say, in my discovery meeting, people, their response is, wow, I've, I've never had an advisor and we've interviewed like four advisors. They've never done anything like this before. They never try to get to know the person. And I just tell them, I said, look, there's no right or wrong answers on here. It does get a little frustrating, especially for, I don't say for red people. I just said, sometimes it gets frustrating, um, answer the questions, but it really does help. When I said it also will help bridge in marriages and with your kids to understand how they are because like, okay, so, so for me, I am predominantly blue. Okay. Okay. I'm probably 49% blue. And then I'm like 26% yellow, which was really surprising to me. But I bet you have yellow in you too, because your personality, you're on, you know, you're, you go on like, right. You're on the podcast. You're kind of a personality of sorts. So I bet you have some yellow in you too. And then the rest of me is, is red. And I have like, mm, like 1% white. (laughs) So, So my joke is don't take this the wrong way. You can uh, but I don't understand the white personality, right? I don't understand mm-hmm. that because I don't have that in me at all. But what I do know now is if I have a white person show up in front of me, with predominantly white colors show up in front of me, then I know that my red could really bulldoze them. So I just back off and I know how to speak with them because I don't want them to shut down. Right. If I, I didn't know that they were the white personality, uh, my red would absolutely bulldoze them. Kimberly, I think this is brilliant just for life in general, right? But right, right. It does. I, I mean, relationships, right? Yeah, and everything. Husband, wife, kids. We should dating. all have a. I, I, we should all yes. If we should all have T-shirts 
that are the right. color of our personalities so that I we know what that. we're dealing with when we're walking up to a stranger, right? I am predominantly blue. <laughs> like, love your stories to share. You know, or I'm red, don't share any stories. Right? <laughs> but how do you apply it to, I mean, you talk about how you can verbally communicate, you know, talk about how that does improve the client experience from the client's perspective, right? You mentioned <laughs> about the trust, but, you know, when you're do- talking about these really intimate things in their lives when it comes to their money, right. I can expect that this is a really effective tool. Well, it is just because of that. It's, I don't want to say it's that simple, but it is when you basically cross that, that line in that, you know, that you've dropped those, they've dropped those walls of trusting because everybody comes in and and I mistrust, right? Because they've heard all the stories or they've had a bad experience. But when you're stepping, stepping up and doing something completely different and actually by doing this, trying to understand them, that intuitively to them, understand, they, they know that you're looking out for their best interest. And one of the things that I always tell people when they're interviewing advisors is that no matter what, after the meeting, when you walk out that door, and I said, it's more intuitive for women than men, but men, you got it too. So just listen to it. Ask yourself this question. Say, does this person have my best interest? And immediately, immediately, whatever, it's going to be yes or no. If it's mm-hmm. yes, continue with that advisor. If it's no, find somebody else. So that's where this is going to help build that trust with the advi- with the clients. And they just basically kind of intuitively and instinctively trust you. Yeah. I mean, I could see how. I could see it because I think for a lot of people, they want to be seen as themselves. Abs- and Absolutely. And this is their personal experience with money. Even though I think for a lot of people who were hesitant to go to a financial advisor, I think they think that it's a cookie cutter industry where they're supposed to do one thing and one thing only. And then they learn, oh, wait a second, there's different things I can do that are just customized to me. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what you want to do. I don't, it depends on what you are. I, we're a very boutique firm. I only have 88 clients and I have about 250 million under management. So I should make sure that I am most things to all my clients. Obviously I can't be all things to all my clients, but I am most things to all my clients and um, that we have like an interest. I, they know that beyond just the money and beyond the mat, the management of the money, I have an interest in who they are, what's going on in their life. I mean, clients that are going through cancer right now. So we're doing Zoom meetings on a regular basis to just to check in with them and see how they're doing. They know that it is a relationship and that's what you want because if you're good at being a relationship manager, like you know that the client comes first and and that comes through in everything that you do and you touch with, they're going to refer you. They're going to be a center of a center of influence and refer you more and more clients like them. And God, don't, don't we love to have like, think about your 10 best clients. Like, wouldn't you love to have like a hundred of those people? Mm-hmm. And they have friends. So that's really what we're looking for is to have like kind of thought processes and enjoy the experience along the way, because hopefully this is a lifetime experience for, for all your clients. You know, Kimberly, you mentioned about how Empyrean Wealth Management is more of a boutique firm. Let's talk about that therapy and just other resources. Do you use outside resources for your clients? I do. Um, as I said before, I kind of fancy myself at one time as a therapist. So I'm very curious as to that industry. And actually, my daughter ended up being a therapist. Um, oh, really? So she, yeah, <laughs> she, she actually went through an undergraduate and graduate degree in therapy. And then um, 
she's she's registered in brain spotting on all three levels. There's one, two, and three, just like CFT is one, two, and three. Um, but I do have referred quite a few clients out to therapists because I've known that, hey, this is beyond my my scope of work and beyond my training, but I do know they need help in communication or what have you. And one of my clients still go, they use, utilize something called brain spotting that's really helped them quite a bit for the therapist. But I probably have about a half dozen clients that have gone to therapists just that they've helped their marriages or helped their communication or helped their relationship with their kids. That totally makes sense. Now, transitioning now into what are on a lot of people's minds, and that is the current market and the volatility and things that are going on financially. How have everything we've talked about, all these tools and resources, helped with your relationship with the clients during this time? Well, first of all, you have to be communicative in these times, right? This is the most time you can't I don't think you can touch enough with the clients. And I mean, really touch, not throw them a bunch of graphs and numbers and that kind, but, you know, get on the phone and just talk them through and say, Hey, you know, what's going on. It's, I know the markets are crazy right now. That must be causing you a lot of anxiety. Um, how are you doing? Right. So mm-hmm. I get on probably four to five calls a week for just my clients to, to just kind of touch bases with them to make sure that they're okay. I've had probably about five clients call in the last month or two that have been with me for 20 years, right? So these are the things like if I know that they're quite emotional, then I'm just going to ask a few questions and listen. And they kind of just want to vent and they want, they also want to basically have you talk them off the ledge, right? So that's our job to do that. But it's not, it's about that personal relationship, right? It's about how to speak with them about that. So Knowing that they're a red or a blue or a white or a yellow, I can formulate my conversation a little bit more towards what they're going to receive, how they're going to receive that information. So Mm -hmm. I always pull out my physical file, which I still have, and I have every one of their colors in there and what's predominant so that I know before I get on the phone or before I write an email to them who I'm talking to. I love that, Kimberly. You know, Kimberly, we're almost out of time. Kimberly Voss who is the president and founder of Empyrean Wealth Management. You can go to EmpyreanWealth.com. Of course, this podcast series is about investing in women, right? And we love that you've been on it. Is there a difference between men and women clients and men and women financial providers? I think so. I mean, we're different, right? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? Mm -hmm. You know, God made us all different. So yes, I think that women have an ability to connect with other women at a different level much quicker right? And men, um, some men do too, but men are, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit more to try to connect with them at a level that's going to kind of solidify the relationship. It's very much like this, Melissa. I recently, my, my therapist recently retired. So I've had to go out and interview for a new therapist, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I did, I interviewed a man and a couple of men and I did a couple of women And for whatever reasons, I just connected with the woman a lot better that I felt more comfortable with her. And she was able to speak to me, not that their credentials were exactly the same. So same thing out there. And I would suspect that men kind of connect with other men too. But what I found as a financial advisor, I connect with men, uh, women, but I also connect with men at a level that they don't have to prove that they're the alpha male. Right. They feel comfortable in being open and honest with me. So I don't, I'm not, I'm close that threat. So I do think 
men can learn to be like us, but they have to figure out those traits a little bit more difficult. It doesn't come as intuitive as we, as it does to us, if that makes right. sense. No, absolutely. Cause I don't think they're trained to, uh, to be on an emotional level consistently. Yeah. Well, well think about it in the woolly mammoth days, you know, you didn't want them like, Oh my God, there's a- they wouldn't be able to like kill it and bring it home to the family. Right. So mm-hmm. they weren't, it's just not in the DNA. So it's not the set that you can't learn that. And these kind of things like the color coats, I really think that men can really jump over that hurdle a lot faster with these types of tools. Yeah. Empyreanwealth.com to find out more about Kimberly. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Melissa. I really appreciate the opportunity. You have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to Invest in Women, the podcast series. Your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast or visiting fa-mag.com.